Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others. Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, Proclaim is a movement of the Archdiocese that is inspiring disciples to proclaim Jesus in their homes and in their communities. And we desire to see God move, and we have seen God move in the lives of missionary disciples living out the values of spirit-led boldness, relational trust, irresistible faith, a culture of invitation, and proclaiming the gospel clearly and simply. And we have a special guest today, John Acosta. Uh, He is here to share a little bit about his story, his journey, his involvement with a wonderful movement, Couples for Christ. Uh, They are here in our archdiocese and have done wonderful ministry uh, work uh, in collaboration with parishes, with youth, with all the different activities of our Archdiocese. Uh, John is joining us from the Archdiocese of Winnipeg, where he currently serves as the Director for Pastoral Services, but he is a locally grown uh, Vancouverite uh, who has uh, benefited from uh, being involved with Couples for Christ, and he's here to share his story. So first, John, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to have this conversation. No, thank you, Eric, for uh, for having me. This is really a, a joy and an honor to be here with you. So, John, you, you currently work and live in the Archdiocese of Winnipeg. And fun fact, uh, your Archbishop, Archbishop Richard Gagnon, is also a Vancouver-grown um, <laughs> faithful. So uh, I think there's some really cool Vancouver connections. But you, you grew up here in Vancouver. So could you share with us a little bit about your story? Yeah, no, um, I, was, I was born and raised in Vancouver. Um, and uh be more specific, I know greater Vancouver area, whenever th- everyone thinks Vancouver, they think of just Vancouver, but there's also other cities. And I was actually born and raised in New West, right. in Westminster, all right? And then uh, I grew up mainly in Burnaby. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, my, my family um, grew up, you know, I mean, came here to, uh, to Canada, from, to Vancouver. Um, back in uh, 1978, <laughs> we're going way back now. Right. Um, uh, I have uh, three older sisters, and uh, they were all born in the Philippines. And my parents, uh, when they moved to Canada, um, you know, they moved all three of the ki- the girls here, my sisters. And then I was I was legit out of the only one in my family, born and made here in Canada. So, <laughs> uh, so I was uh, you know I was very blessed by that. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really really good. I I love Vancouver. I love uh, I love being there and um, growing up there. Um, I attended uh, Catholic school my whole entire life, um, from elementary up until high school. Um, I I went to Our Lady of Mercy, um, and uh, I went to high school at St. Thomas More, which I know you're very familiar with. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, I I you know it's just been really been involved in in my faith uh, through the help of my parents, mainly my mom. My mom was a very devout Catholic, um, you know, prayed all the, all the, the, the novenas, encouraged us to pray the rosary together and whatnot. And um, um, I think it was in me that, you know, my, my mom really planted a seed in me, but didn't really get it until later on. Right? So, and eventually my parents uh, joined the, the renewal ministry of Couples for Christ. It's a movement. Couples for Christ, and um, they also had a different ministry underneath Couples for Christ, which was uh, Youth for Christ, and she thought that I would enjoy that, 
Um, but at that time when she uh, wanted me to join, I wasn't really into it. So uh, I didn't really, you know, entertain that thought of joining. Um, and I would always brush it off whenever she would ask me to, <laughs> to join in, in any of those activities. It wasn't until uh, I, you know, I, I fell into the wrong crowd, I guess. And I got myself into some trouble. And my mom gave me pretty much an ultimatum and said that you're going to this uh to to this to this youth youth camp, which is for Youth for Christ. The initial point that you would join uh, Youth for Christ was through a youth camp, and she said that you have to go to this youth camp now. I'm like, uh, okay, fine, because you know I've been I've been a, a bad guy. So um, from there, you know, I I you know I, I met all these different people there, and it was kind of weird because Couples for Christ is a is a um, it's a charismatic Kind of community so okay. they do a lot of worship and prayer and praise and something i was not very familiar with um you know although the songs were cool but i wasn't really into that and yeah i found it kind of weird uh and i didn't really wasn't really active actually right away but um i think it was only through the holy spirit that you know the lord re re was really able to use different people um around me and the people that i met there at the youth camp to really be able to uh, encourage me to to grow in more of my faith. So, uh, you know, that's how I really got involved in, in, in this ministry of Couples for Christ and particularly at that time, Youth for Christ as well. So, um, and the journey just continued um, from there. Um, and I've been encouraged to, you know, to serve through this ministry um, and through, through the opportunities to serve in the ministry, I... I grew to have a passion for the mission and for service, um, which later on translated into me wanting to be a, a missionary for Couples for Christ. Um, and that's when I was able to, to do that. And uh, that, that kind of calling um, and that knock on my heart was something that I, I couldn't deny. And after speaking to other missionaries who were also in, in, in Couples for Christ, um, helped pray for me and kind of uh, encourage me to, uh, you know, to discern further to see if this was really the calling that, you know, God wanted me to have. And, um, you know, after taking that advice and, and whatnot, I, it really was. And um, I felt that was called to it. But at the same time, too, I gave a condition to the calling. And this is where I found it in interesting because um, I told my parents and the Lord you know, I'll give it two years, two years of missionary work. And then after that, I'll go back to to what my secular work was. And at that time, I was a recreational therapist. Um, so, you know, uh, two years turned into 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was a lesson to know that, you know, you never bargain or never, never tr try to make deals with God, you know, because uh, he will definitely win for sure. <laughs> 14 years. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a condensed version. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I'm sure there's there's lots of different experiences that yeah. uh, that have made up those 14 years and missionary work uh, with the movement gets you on the front lines of uh, being part of different conferences and small groups and ultimately different kinds of ministry activities. What what were what are some of the highlights or transformative moments that come to mind when you think back to those 14 years of missionary work? Um Really, one of the the main ones that I can remember the most are just the uh, the conferences, of course, as you mentioned, 
um, annually for the community. We have we have conferences, annual conferences that we have that, um, you know, we're members because obviously the the community of Couples of Christ is global, um, and it started off in the Philippines, and when it came here to Canada, it spread like wildfire across the nation, and so it was an opportunity for other youth to gather. Um, from other cities so during the conferences that would be one of the opportunities to to kind of be together um, and those were really um, times for you to you know kind of meet other people to to journey with them and to, to listen to different talks attend different work workshops um, you know play play sports um, you know and and different different types of activities that you would uh, be able to encounter as well so there was there was a there was that those were very very meaningful um you know times to be able to and and very pivotal times that you know you're able to to grow in in my faith anyway um personally because you were able to have different conversations with different people that inspired you as well um and uh at the same time too just the regular monthly activities like the assemblies that we would have the gatherings um those were those were great opportunities to be able to to learn and to grow and to also share because um, in those activities, you have opportunities to be able to to share your witness, how the Lord is speaking to you, um, how the Lord is constantly transforming you in your uh, in your day to day you know life and the community also gave me just opportunities to serve in different ways through youth camps through retreats, through conferences as well. And through these services, bro, which is cool, and what I found very, you know, I, which I loved um, the ministry for, is being able to use your talents, the gifts that God has given you, and even noticing that you didn't even know you had those gifts. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Um, I was not a public speaker at all, and I hated it. Um, you know, but through this ministry, I found myself giving sharings or testimonies in front of like hundreds of people or, you know, later on thousands of people or uh, being able to play guitar. I was not a guitar player, but um, through this ministry, I, I picked it up. You know, I bought a guitar or my, my dad, my dad had a guitar that was just collecting dust in the corner. I picked it up and just started playing the regular Simple chords, you know, the G, the A, the the C, the the D, right. and yeah. uh, you just play different songs here and there, and 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 then translate it into worship, and and all of a sudden you you find yourself having this passion for music, you know, um, being able to even just like you know uh, lead a, lead a worship in in that sense, you know, and lead a hundred hundreds of people to worship the Lord, uh, being a charismatic community. Um, seeing a whole bunch of or leading a whole bunch of youth to to raise their hands to worship God was was it was a gift and and uh, such a joy to be able to witness as well. But yeah, those are just, you know, a couple of things that I I think that I was able to experience in in, in helping me to you know to to really grow in in the community and to to equip me personally in, in my faith journey as well. I think something that you've mentioned that is somewhat counter to some of the experiences that we see in some of our parishes, not all of them, but some of our parishes, is mm -hmm. that growth that you speak to. First off, you, you mentioned that you were invited into different ways of involvement and in leadership, and it stretched your 
um, it might have stretched your comfortability and, and yeah. you know, like elevated some skill sets that you didn't think you, you necessarily had. And uh, that sometimes is a challenge to the parish life where sometimes we feel like it's the same people doing the same things and it's hard for others to step up or find their place in their parishes. So I think that CFC, YFC is doing something wonderful by empowering in new people as they continue mm. to grow in their community uh, to find those skills that they can use to do something beautiful for God. But I'm I'm very curious because you mentioned you know when CFC came uh, into Canada because you it, it I think it was started in the Philippines and has sort of Correct. grown to be a, a global movement. Uh, it it spread like wildfire, and that's also a little bit counter um, to what we're seeing in the life of parishes, where some of our parishes are starting to see dwindling numbers. So help us understand a little bit of like how a new person uh, gets to know more about CFC. What's the entry point? You know, what are some of the activities that they get involved in? And then how do they find themselves uh, becoming part of the community? And then how do they find themselves uh, becoming leaders in the community? Mm-hmm. Well, um, in Couples for Christ, then in, in initially to, I, I, mentioned, I think I mentioned this earlier, to join, say, for instance, the Ministry of CFC Youth, uh, Youth for Christ, or CFC Youth, that's what it's formally known to right. now. Um, uh, the entry point to becoming a member would be a youth camp, um, which is a, usually a two-day retreat um, where they undertake five talks. They, they listen to five talks. Um, basic, almost like basic introduction to your faith. Uh, yep. you, know, who is, you know, who is God or God's love? Um, who is Jesus Christ? Yep. Uh, repentance and faith, you know, um, the Holy Spirit, and then growing in the Spirit. Those are the five main talks. Right. Um, so that's kind of that serves as a little bit of a foundation for the youth in introduction, and then after the completion of the of the youth camp, you would go. They would put you into well throughout the youth camp, you'd be in a discussion group, which would then later translate into becoming a cell group or a household. So you'd become part of a household where you would journey with this household, where it'd be a, a household from five to seven members including not including the, the leader the household head leader or the yeah mm-hmm. the leader of the mm-hmm. household leader and um yeah just journey with that group kind of go through discussions go through different teachings um and, and whatnot so there's a, a sense of empowerment a sense of belonging that you get uh through that little cell group that little household that you are part of and there's a, a sense of uh, camaraderie a sense of almost discipleship and oftentimes we we compare it to the first household that we we can totally learn from is from jesus being the household head and his disciples being part of that household right and everywhere they went you know everywhere jesus went they went they just hung out and that's basically what a household is right it's basically not to say that the household leader is jesus but what kind of um you know the hope anyway with that household leader would have that kind of, uh, you know, those those type of traits of Jesus, you know, that leadership, that uh, being able to teach, um, to encourage um, um, the people under him, you know, the members. It's the same thing with Couples for Christ. But instead of a retreat for Couples for Christ, they would go through a, uh, a couple of weeks of different talks. Right. Um, Twelve talks, actually. Right. Is is that the Christian Life Program? Christian Life Program. Yes. Correct. Okay. 
So okay. those are those are different. Um, it's it's basically the same, but it's a little more extended because yeah. you're journeying not only you know you're journeying journeying as a husband and wife, right? So um, it's a little more a uh, little more intense, and uh, the teachings are a little more uh, a little more deeper as well. Um, it has to do with uh, different the same talks like God's love and some added ones with regards to the Christian family. Um, who is your, you know, loving your neighbor, loving, you know, loving God, loving your neighbor. Um, and then near the end, you, you talk about the, uh, the mission and vision of Couples for Christ um, and uh, the different, uh, the transformation aspect of, of the ministry and, and what we can look forward to in growing in this ministry as well, of mm-hmm. Couples for Christ as well. So um, that's basically after the completion of that, at CLP, then you become a member, and then you are also part of a discussion group as well, where then you would become a household, the same kind of uh, recipe as if you were joining uh, Youth for Christ as well, or CFC Youth. Um, there's also the Ministry of Singles for Christ, which is the young adult version, right? where they don't have a retreat, they would go through a, a Christian life program as well, right? but the talks are basically the same, just a few a few tweaks where it's more relatable to the young adults type of lifestyle. Right. So if we're talking about family, it's more not about starting a family, um, but more how are you, you know, how are you being a, a source of unity in your family? Yeah. And it, yeah. Okay. So those are some of the, some of the things, some of the formations that um, you would expect and how you would become part of, I guess, the, the ministry of couples for Christ as well. It's a big commitment, okay. it is, especially especially joining uh, couples for Christ because you would you know you go through all those talks right and you know we would expect everyone to 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 attend all those talks as yeah. as, as much as possible right yeah so trying to figure out everyone's schedule and whatnot um, there's a lot of uh, moving parts and moving pieces and making sure that um, you know a CLP is properly run and. The members are fully experiencing what the Christian life program can offer them as a couple or as a, a single person. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. where the need to have missionaries that are part of CFC and YFC come into play. That's where your heart for service came into play, and mm-hmm. I think what I'm hearing as well is <clears throat> uh, members who uh, continue to engage in the movement begin to find their way into elements of service and elements of um, helping others come to know Jesus and come to grow in faith. Uh, it's funny you mention the word recipe because you, you know, you're like, okay, there's this, there's the YFC recipe and there's the CFC recipe and the SFC recipe and all of them have similarities to them. I was going to ask, and it's not in our notes, uh, John, but I was going to ask, what would you, what would you say is the secret sauce to, uh, the fruitfulness of CFC. And I think you've kind of spoken to a few of those. Like mm-hmm. there's there's the activation of individuals in the movement uh, to be part of growing the movement. So it's not like, you know, you're coming together and you're watching a video of someone else talk. You, you guys are you guys are the are the people who are living witnesses to living out the Christian life. And then you share out of that experience with those mm-hmm. around you. And mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be a, a professional speaker to speak of that. You're you're just speaking to your life, and you're speaking to how God has transformed you. And those who are coming to these programs, to the to the camps, and to the retreats, and to uh, Christian Life Program, they're hearing from real life witnesses who are living in the exact same space and context 
uh, as they are. And I think that's that's a powerful uh, part of the recipe of of Couples for Christ. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. And it still amazes me to, to think that, you know, Couples for Christ uh, is really being, you know, it's being done in a lot of the servants that are that are making couples of Christ continue on with the mission uh, that it that it has is all through these are all volunteers, bro. Right. Like you have a handful of missionaries that are in the background doing these things and doing that or what whatnot. But for the most of the most of it, it's it's just the the regular Joes, like the regular servants that have just had a just grown in 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 the spirit and just had a have a passion to for the service and for the mission, it's it's, it's unbelievable, and uh, it's it. I can't even explain it. I, the only the only thing I can can say is, is it's just really it's just an anointing by the Holy Spirit for sure. As I started the podcast, I mentioned that within Proclaim, we encourage all of our missionary disciples to live out a uh, out of a handful of what you might call Proclaim values: spirit led boldness, relational trust, irresistible faith, culture of invitation. And uh, proclaiming the gospel clearly and simply, I you know I just kind of rambled those off. But I'm hearing so many of the CFC approaches and activities falling under these values, where uh, in a in a moment of spirit led boldness, you are invited to uh, to share faith with sometimes strangers, hundreds, maybe thousands at a conference. Uh, all of this is built under relational trust where you as part of the community are inviting your friends to camps and to different activities to the Christian Life program. And then you're, you're accompanying them uh, in, you know, throughout these weeks and activities, uh, through meals, hanging out, spending time. It's not just, you know, catechesis. It's a yeah. little bit of formation through like osmosis and living life together and sharing real life challenges and, and celebrations that sometimes have like direct elements of faith. And sometimes it's just doing life together. Um, yeah. and through all of this, you know, you've mentioned that, uh, the gospel is proclaimed clearly and simply the, the charisma is the, the center point of of what you're you're inviting people into so mm -hmm. uh, i love that there are all these areas of impact that uh, cfc is is really diving into um but i want to dive into some of the misconceptions that can come with a movement and i think that uh whenever we whenever you look at the life of an archdiocese i'm sure you see it in in the archdiocese of winnipeg and experience it here in vancouver um the the diocese is made up of parishes movements organizations, different ministries, and uh, there could be some misconceptions around how the movement of CFC interplays and, you know, coordinates with uh, the life of a parish or their community. So, you know, what are some of the misconceptions that uh, you've experienced as being part of CFC and now being part of uh, the Archdiocese of, of Winnipeg and, you know, of course, being a parishioner uh, that, you know, we can kind of maybe lift the veil uh, around and be able to kind of speak to the proclaimed community and say, look, you know, these are just misconceptions. Uh, you know, what, what are some of those misconceptions you've experienced? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do I start? <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like I think with any community, there's, you know, there's any, mis there's, a, there's always a misunderstanding or a misconception about something. Right. And, um, uh, for the community of Couples for Christ, the, I think one of the main misconceptions that um, I think a lot of a lot of parishes have um, and other people have that it's community of, 
the community of couples for Christ is just for Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, that's, that's one of the main ones that it's a stain on, on the community uh, of couples for Christ for, for years. I think the main reason why is because this, this community was born and raised in the Philippines. Right. And, um, a lot of the missionaries, the reason why it was global is because, um, a lot of the missionaries or a lot of the people that started the community that went to other countries came from the Philippines. Right. You know, so, um, and usually if they were to start a community, they would go to something that's obviously comfortable to them, you know, or people, you know, kind of, oh, like, for instance, they, they send a leader to go out to, to, uh, to the UK, right? Like okay, I'm I'm moving to the UK. Like okay, call my cousin and right. tell him to join Couples for Christ. Da da da. Yeah. This and that. That's how usually it starts, and then from there it stems from that person to another person to another person to another person, and, and more Filipinos start joining in, and more Filipinos like they hear, oh, there's Couples for Christ here in in so and so in this city or in this city. Oh, I remember it back home in the Philippines. So it's almost a taste of back home for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's comfortable. So, yeah. Yeah, it's comfortable, exactly. So they would they would obviously they would, you know, kind of uh they would gravitate to that. Uh automatically. Number one, you know, it's it's a community that you feel belong, you know, you, you, you have a sense of belonging in. So why would you not want to be part of that? Mm-hmm. Number two, it's a taste of home. Uh number three, like you you know, you can kind of speak your own language too, if, if anything, right? Too. Right. So it, there's there's that aspect, um, but if you look at the bigger picture of what Couples for Christ is, and the actual vision of Couples for Christ is families in the Holy Spirit renewing the face of the earth. Um, you know, it's not families, Filipino families in the Holy Spirit renewing right. the face of only Filipinos. You know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> it's it's the bigger picture, and we want you know for for a lot for a lot of years, especially during the times that I was also. Um, a missionary, we really tried to make an effort to to remind people that Couples for Christ was not for Filipinos, not just for Filipinos. You know, it's not just for Filipinos; it's for everybody. And we opened ourselves up that way, but for some for some reason, it would just continue to veer back to just Filipinos because um, it would still attract more Filipinos than any other culture. Um, we've had many different cultures that have ventured out and, you know, kind of joined the meetings or joined the Christian life programs. And they thought, you know, and some of the feedback that I've heard, um, you know, being very candid, they said, oh man, like your, your formation or this program is awesome, you know? Um, but like, they just, they don't, they don't feel like, you know, it's, it's too overwhelming with the, you know, with the the Tagalog speaking sometimes, sure. the meetings, sure. you know, the side comments here or the side conversations here, and they're they're just standing there, you know, doing whatever. And I'm not saying that it's always like that, but there there have been moments where you know people have felt that way. Um, yeah, non-Filipinos, yeah. of course. Uh, especially in the youth, we figured back in the day, you know, when I was still serving as a missionary for the youth, we figured talking to the other missionaries like, how can we make this more, you know, multicultural? Because even in the youth ministry, we're still seeing a lot of Filipinos, right? Because it's because it's still the parents 
letting their kids join the community that way as well. Um, but still, there is still a, a lot more Filipinos still coming into the, the younger ministries. And, you know, as missionaries, we're trying to see how can we make this more multicultural and whatnot. Like, what are we doing wrong? And we really tried. Um, and, um, you know, they, I think now they, they've, they've had a little bit more of a, a better effort in being able to be more multicultural and being more intentional in, in building up more multicultural leaders, especially. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. It's, it's, it's a tough misconception, but, um, you know, we, we want to, you know, we want to make sure that, um, all the parishes know that they're all are welcome. All are welcome. Like this is couples for Christ is not a Filipino only community. Everyone is welcome to join, um, anytime, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I really, I really I think, you know, Couples for Christ is is trying to make more of an effort to make sure that um we are highlighting that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure that uh you know to to kind of do away with that misconception misconception of uh the community this community of Couples for Christ is only for Filipinos. Right. I think one of the takeaways for our proclaimed listeners can be that cultural resonance is uh is powerful and mm -hmm. is an important part of our missionary activity. And so like, when I think of myself as a young dad, family life, um, I'd probably resonate with young dads, with kids, uh, you know, more than seniors or young adults or other different age groups or different uh, cultures or uh, ethnicities. And there can be some uh, powerful tools that can help us resonate and empathize with others and i think that mm. uh, cfc should remain in its identity and uh, in its mission and in the charism that god has uh, has given to the movement and to be proud of that and to be proud of all of the principles and the teachings that have been given over um, through grace and through inspiration of the holy spirit and to use that as a, as a powerful tool so for our proclaimed listeners and those uh, those of us who really want to embrace missionary discipleship, we have a wonderful tool that we can learn from CFC, that uh, cultural resonance and like having empathy with others uh, and being able to speak to each other's stories and experiences is very much a part of accompaniment and very much a part of the um, the, the life of disciples. So... I think that's one thing we can definitely like, you know, learn from from CFC. I'm curious to know what other things, you know, based on uh, your understanding of the Proclaim movement, what we're doing in the Archdiocese. You know, what else can we learn from movements, and in particular, what can we learn from CFC? Well, you know what, like honestly, being part of Couples for Christ, um, I've learned the uh, just. I think I think it's basically just that missionary spirit. Uh, uh, being called, you know, and uh, honoring that call and being mm -hmm. able to serve the Lord in whatever way that they can. I mean, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. Like a lot of the leaders here, they are just they're regular people, you know. And but these are regular people that just have this, you know, they just have, they just feel called to serve, you know, in whatever way that they can. Another another thing that Couples for Christ is really, you know, does really good at and allowing people to feel welcome mm -hmm. and to feel like they belong. Yes. That sense of community, you know, 
that, uh, that relationship building. And if I look at all the friends that have been created in the community, like a lot of the people here have, you know, they found their lifelong friends here through this community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the people that I, I've served with back in Vancouver, I still keep in contact with very much so. Um, people who have served in different missions or different opportunities here and there, they still keep in contact and they're very good friends. And I, I find that just the bond between that people are creating in this, in this community is just, it's just very, very inspiring. Um, that sense of community is so big here. Um, you know, that belonging is, is so big. And I, and I think that's what really fuels that passion uh, for people to serve, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, look, you know, giving them that, that uh, inspiration to inspire others as well. Like, oh, you know, like inspire their friends to do more or to serve with them and whatnot. You know, because like, it's like a journey, bro. You know, like you, you go on a journey. Uh, a journey is, you know, could be good if you do it alone, but a journey is probably more more enjoyable if you're doing it with other people. You know, you're, you're journeying with other people. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. That's, yeah. That's what, that's, I think that's what Couples of Christ is, uh, has really taught me and what I've been able to witness through the years is uh, the journeying aspect that uh, you never feel, you know, you never feel like you are serving alone, that there's always somebody there that is serving with you and that's encouraging you, that's pushing you, whether they're, pu- they're pushing your buttons, whether they're, <laughs> you know, whether they're, they're pushing you in the, in the, in the right direction or they're, they're, they're throwing you to the wolves. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right. either way, you know, they're, they're there to root you, to, to cheer you on, to root you on, you know what I mean? And, uh, it's it's really inspiring to to know that and uh you know maybe uh being able that's that's one of the the things i i found that you know that couples of christ is is, is able to to really encourage a lot of different missionaries you know in in that sense uh in in being able to to feel like they are they're they are not alone in this in this mission yeah yeah that's definitely one of my, the takeaways from our conversation is that as missionary disciples, we don't have to do this alone, and that it's a lot more fun, enjoyable, encouraging uh, when we do this with other fellow missionary disciples, and that it's done in the context of friendship, and that it's part of our our life. It's not, you know, a a piece of our life that we keep away from the rest of our life. It's an integrated part of our life, Mm -hmm. and that there's joy that can bleed into other areas of our life when we see our service to God in in the mission as uh, very much a part of our life. So I'm, that's definitely a takeaway for me. Um, we're going to wrap up our episode real quick here. Uh, but John, I'd love to ask, uh, uh, ask you a question. In your own words, what does it mean to be a missionary disciple? Ah, man. A missionary disciple, to me, uh, would mean to be sent. And uh, missionary disciple uh, is just being able to, you know, to, yeah, just to be sent, to be, to be formed and to equip others, you know, and, uh, you know, just being able to uh, um, be true to whatever the calling that God has has called you to do, um, basically. And it's funny about missionary discipleship because um, as a missionary disciple, you know, you don't really know what to expect, you know. Once you're in the mission field, um, anything can happen. But knowing that, um, you know, you're you're not alone in this. Knowing that God is with you and that God has sent you, um, you know, only great things will happen for sure. Um, and it's it's 
It's uh, I think I, I don't know where I read this before. I I read this this saying. It says, uh, "Those that believe in the gospel is a missionary. Those that don't is their mission field." Hmm. No? So, um, I believe that a missionary disciple is just called to, you know, to allow people to experience Christ wherever they are. You know, um, wherever and when, however they can, just being able to share Christ in whatever way that they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John, thank you so much for taking the time to having this conversation. It's so encouraging to hear how a movement uh, like Couples for Christ, as part of our archdiocese, as part of your archdiocese, as part of the church around the world, has encouraged uh, not only that personal relationship with Jesus, but the uh, missionary fire that uh, we're all invited to receive by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'd say, you know, uh, we are very blessed to have. Couples for Christ here in our archdiocese, uh, doing missionary work, continuing to serve families, youth, um, and the Filipino community, and all of our other parish communities where uh, the movement is involved in and is serving our pastors and our parish communities. So to our Proclaim listeners, uh, whether you are part of the CFC community or not, there is something that we can learn from them in our own missionary discipleship. And if you're looking for more ways in which you can grow your capacity to be a missionary, you can visit weareproclaimed.com. Uh, feel free to subscribe to our podcast to get notifications for new episodes. We want to try to highlight even more of our movements, ecclesial movements here in our archdiocese and to share stories of uh, of missionary disciples uh, all over our communities. And you can also find us on our Facebook group where missionary disciples share their stories and ask for prayers, share their insights, and where you can also ask for help. So, John, again, thank you so much for joining us. And God's blessings to you, to your ministry. Say hi to Archbishop Gagnon from Vancouver. (laughs) I know he makes his way out here sometimes, but uh, we are praying for you, and please continue to pray for us. Thank you so much, John.